Welcome to Ghostly. Is the Ohio State Reformatory haunted? Ghostly is a podcast that comes out every other week, except this month we're doing it weekly. I mean, it's October. It's Spooktober. Ghostly-tober. In each episode, we take a ghost story or paranormal event and look into its complete history. Rebecca then gives us evidence proving that the story is real, and my job is to debate those pieces of evidence and get you, the listener, prepared to vote on if it's real or not. If you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button. And as always, we're your host. I'm Pat. And I'm Rebecca. And we are getting into the third haunted prison. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. So we are more than halfway through at this point. Just yes, slightly over. Just slightly over. Yeah. No, this yeah. is so exciting. It's been super fun. And it's only going to get spookier. Oh, yeah. Especially the last one. Oh, my. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, we'll get more into that next episode then. <laughs> um so yeah this episode ooh man it's going to be really scary because uh i think that you you all have seen it probably oh that's true it's been a in lot a lot of, of tv have. shows yes. and stuff yeah yeah okay and in the history i make note of the ones that are relevant to me at least <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah so this is the part where we uh, would usually do a shout out on ghosty there are two ways to get a shout out uh, you can give us a five-star review on Apple Podcast or any review, and we will read that review so you'll get a shout-out. The second way is to become a member on Patreon. Uh, just go to ghostlypodcast.com and click on Patreon in the menu bar. We have a lot of different tiers to choose from, and uh, we're working to make it even better. Oh, yeah. Lots of exciting things coming up, so pay attention. Yeah. All right. So we're going to continue this episode with our listener mail from Tim. Okay. So if we remember last time, Tim and John, who is uh, telling us the story here in this letter, um, had been invited by the locals <laughs> to mm-hmm. go hang out by the river. Um, and they were in their Boy Scout uniforms. And they were in their Boy Scout uniforms, their Eagle Scouts. And uh, unfortunately, the locals never showed up and their car got stuck in the Ooh. mud. So they are about to uh, head off to visit some nearby homes and hopefully no are we sure this isn't phone. just some hazing thing i we're gonna find out like ah you come to our town we get you <laughs> stuck in the mud i don't know okay all right so they're about to, they're looking for houses so mm-hmm. the first house wasn't too far at all two trailer park homes sat on the same plot with junk all around the property it looked like a storm was headed our way as tim knocked on the first door there was no answer and we headed to the next that's when two dogs came to greet us. Neither was tied, but both seemed quite friendly. I knocked on the second, doors open, and oh, doors open came the girl's reply from the inside. Okay. We stepped, <laughs> very trusting, we stepped mm-hmm. through as it opened to see a typical living room with the owners on the couch. She was older than us, and I swear referred to the dogs as Bear and Angel. We explained our predicament and asked about borrowing the phone. She said her dad could pull us out for $100, but we didn't have that. The Mm -hmm. dogs made themselves at home on the floor, and AAA told me it would not be until tomorrow for a tow truck to come. The TV she was watching advertised a storm was on its way. You won't want to leave a car on that bank if the water rises from the rain, she recommended. I thanked her for the phone, and the dogs followed us outside. It was decided between the two of us to keep knocking on doors. The next was within sight, and we tried to figure out which dog was who as they followed us along the road. Best guess was that bear would be the giant white one and with fluffy fur all over. Angel had to be the Boston Terrier. 
with wing-looking black spots on its otherwise white back. The next door yielded no answer, but we noticed a car coming down the drive as clouds overhead began to collect over the moon. As they emptied out of the car, this family asked what we were up to. Tim explained this time that, and the father offered to give us a ride to jail. <laughs> this okay. is a crazy town. <laughs> we didn't take them up on the offer and marveled that our uniforms didn't get us a better offer. I don't, I, you know, like this is crazy. All right, we're going to go a little bit further and then we'll save our conclusion for next time. Um, all right, lightning flashed in the distance and the night was quite late. The small Boston Terrier gave us an unceremonious goodbye and headed back. But the fluffy white mutt stuck around as we decided to just walk back to camp and get help from the ranger. After seven years in scouting with a hiking trip each month, we were no strangers to walking. By now, the clouds had turned the night dark with hardly the moon in sight and winds picking up. As we came along the road, a large hedge loomed into view and I heard something out of sight on the other side. Tim heard it too. That sounds like a big guard dog. I agreed, and the question of it being on a chain didn't have a ready answer. The thing was coming fast, and that hedge was seven feet tall, marking the edge of property before the road. The barking began as we came down the driveway cattle guard. I don't hear a chain, exclaimed Tim, and we got ready to run as what sounded like a beast began to work through the leaves. That's when the white dog came from behind us at top speed and launched over that hedge. We didn't hear much more than a terrible dogfight as we made a run for one and a half miles to get away. Wow. Ooh. Wow. Well, uh, thank you, Tim, for sending that in again. And uh, we I can't wait to hear the conclusion I was gonna say, of well, it. We'll hear the conclusion next episode. And so if you want to hear your ghost story read on Ghostly, all you need to do is email it to us at info at ghostlypodcast.com or use the contact us form on ghostlypodcast.com or one of our favorite ways is the way that Tim sent it is um, by actual mail. That's P.O. Box number 264, Geneva, Illinois, 60134. Remember to put a stamp on it. Yeah. Um, but you're not going to remember the address, so go to ghostlypodcast.com and look in the footer and the address is there. Absolutely. All right, so there's no polls. No polls. No polls uh, because, I mean, there are polls. There are polls. <laughs> or it's just not poll results. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, so in case you don't remember, we're not um, giving the poll results uh, in our episodes throughout October because there's so many episodes that yeah. we know it's going to take you guys a little time to get through them all. So take a listen. Go vote. Um, the polls are going to be up through the month. Yeah. And we'll give all the results uh, next month. Absolutely. And you can go to ghostlypodcast.com and click on polls in the menu bar in order to um, make your voice heard. Absolutely. Please go vote. Yeah. All right. So I do have a ghost story. Okay. All right. It's time for a spooky tale. I went on one of the wildest investigations of my career last night. We'd been told by the Ohio State Reformatory that it was one of the most haunted places, but I didn't really have any idea what we were in for. 
I'm one of the videographers for our team. With that role, I don't normally really experience much when we are on site. For me, it's more that when I'm reviewing footage, I might see something unnerving or maybe hear something we recorded. But by that point, we aren't there anymore and I can kind of separate myself from it. But last night, I was part of the active investigation for the first time. At least, that's what the prison seemed to want. I heard footsteps when no one was there. I smelled fire, but there was no fire. I was even poked. But while all of that was unnerving, my mind just felt like I could maybe explain all of that. Just something in my mind or the wind or whatever. But then something happened that I just couldn't explain. The rest of the crew was walking, oh, sorry, the rest of the crew and I were walking um, and they went ahead while I stayed behind to get some footage of a bedroom that had been used in a movie. And then clear as day from the dark hallway outside the room, I heard a whispery voice say, what are you doing? I mean, if it was just one word or a noise, I could dismiss it. But I heard this question. And I immediately looked in the hallway, thinking it was one of my team members, but no one was there. And I would have heard it if there was somebody there who walked away, if they could have even walked that fast. I'm not sure what to make of it, but it's odd being on this side uh, of those with something to report during an investigation. I wonder if I've been doing this too long. Maybe the spirits are starting to see me. Wow, so uh, how much of this is made up? Uh, the main story is uh, pretty much true. Like this, just... there's a guy, there was a guy who was there taking video mm -hmm. and uh, heard the voice. Wow. And okay. couldn't find the source of it. So, All right. Well, I look forward to the debate then when we get to it because <laughs> I did not know about that. Um, but we're going to take a short break and then we will return with the history. Oh, oh Neil. Oh. I wish I had just one more chance to go on your tour. Oh, hello. Well, guess what? You do this year. This October, Halloween season, Graveside Paranormal is going to give you the best of the best. Come on out for our annual nightlife tour, which we are going to actually start off on Friday the 13th at 115 Bourbon Street every Friday and Saturday night in October. And guess what, boys and girls? You come out also, guess what? On Thursday nights, two Thursdays, October 19th and October 26th, we are going to be having a tour from the Branding Iron, the Pavilion. It'll be going out there. On the 19th, you're going to have special guest host, who is going to be Mr. Tony Sabowski. And on the 26th, which is another Thursday night, you're going to have Mr. Bob from Bob After Dark. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to once again get into St. James Cemetery at night for a nice little lantern tour. Most of you will be able to grab a little lantern and we're going to walk through the cemetery at night. So come on out this October and enjoy the great stories that Graveside Paranormal delivers. And as always, boo. 
Get tickets at tours.gravesideparanormal.com. Boo. Pets. Facts. From a skeptic point of view. Pets. Facts. He presents it all to you. Pets. Facts. Facts. All right. The Pet Facts are sponsored by Tarot by Ta. Ta is a professional tarot card reader with over 20 years of experience. He reads at numerous public events, private parties, and personal appointments throughout the greater Chicagoland area. He also does his readings worldwide using online services like Zoom. And uh, the best part is that he's hashtag Team Skeptic. So if you want to find out more about Ta, visit and like his Facebook page at facebook.com slash tarot by Ta. Um, this would be the perfect time to book a reading, I would say. Right, what a great Halloween gift because to yourself or others. Yeah, I mean, the veil <laughs> is at its thinnest right now. Yeah. So, I mean, you might actually pick up on something then, There right? you go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so let's just get into the Pat Facts. Pat Facts! The history of Ohio State Reformatory began in 1862. The uh, field where the reformatory would be built was used as a training camp for Civil War soldiers. The camp was named Camp Mordecai. Mordecai is what I would say. Camp Mordecai Bartley, in honor of the Mainsfield man who served as the Ohio governor in the 1840s. Okay. And in 1867, Mansfield was promoted as a candidate for the placement of the new intermediate penitentiary, the original name before it was uh, changed to the o- Ohio State Reformatory or the OSR. Gotcha. And are you going to go into a little bit more about what that means to be an intermediary penitentiary? Uh, well, or that just means that they, yeah. I mean, I will, I will get into that. Okay, a little then bit. we can wait. <laughs> um, the city raised ten thousand dollars to purchase thirty acres of land for the prison. Wish you can get thirty acres for ten thousand dollars. Yeah, right. right? Now. That sounds amazing. And the state acquired one hundred fifty acres of adjoining land for twenty thousand dollars. Oh, geez, what a deal! <laughs> <laughs> More than double. <laughs> the cost of the facility was $1,326,769. We almost got it down to the penny there. Yeah, right? Okay, so the in- intermediate Ohio State Reformatory was intended as just that, a halfway point between the boys' um, industrial school in in Lancaster and the state penitentiary in Columbus, which was intended to house young first-time offenders. Okay, so it's kind of like... Like a halfway house. Yeah, well, or a little bit more than that, yeah. right? I mean, like, so there's like, there's like maybe the, the the kids or the young ones that like, yeah, right, we're not going to send you to jail, but you're going to have to go stay at like, like a special school or whatever yeah. they call that. But then this is like, it's jail, but it's still meant to be like... It's jail, it's jail junior. Jail junior, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> like, you're not ready for big jail, Yeah, you know? Yeah, that would be jail senior. Right. Yeah. Uh, so they began the the construction in 1886, and it took them a while to build this place. Um, it wasn't done until 1910. Wow. Could you imagine living through that? So like, it's almost like 15 years or whatever, and like yeah. you Every live in day that you time, drive by you're just like, and, they're never even going to finish yeah. that. <laughs> well, it was uh, largely due to funding problems that they weren't able to um, uh, build it, and that caused several delays, gotcha. then, obviously. All right, the original architect was Lev T. Schofield uh, from from Cleveland. Uh, The exterior of the building, which is built from brick and concrete, 
is designed in Romanesque style, giving the frontage a castle-like appearance. Yeah, it's really cool looking. It is really, yeah. Yeah, definitely not like uh, most other prisons. Yeah, but Schofield's design was not just good looking, it also served a purpose. Uh, he wanted to help encourage in- inmates to be reborn back into their spiritual lives. Yeah, like I think they didn't want it to necessarily <clears throat> look like a prison. No. They didn't want people to feel like they were in prison. No. I mean, they were, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, the creation and construction of the entire building was entrusted to well-known ar- architect F.F. Schneitzer, uh, whose name also appears on the cornerstone and is recorded as superintendent and supervising architect on documents found there. Uh, in 1891, the name was changed from Intermediate Penitentiary to the Ohio State Reformatory. Which, I mean, like, reform, that sounds nicer, like yeah. we're trying to reform you. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think... I think it's a little bit different, though, when it becomes a reformatory. Mm. I think it is more like school and stuff like that. Uh, On September 15th, 1896, the reformatory opened its doors to its first 150 offenders. Uh, These prisoners were brought by train from Columbus and put immediately to work on the prison sewer system and the 25-foot stone wall surrounding the complex. Okay, because I was about to say, like, hey, you said it wasn't done until 1910. Yeah. Got it. They must have had just enough built, and then they're yeah. like, we need some prisoners to help us out. Yeah, they had housing built, so then, yeah. yeah. But um, that means that there was no wall around it, so yeah. people could have escaped. I don't know. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Good point. But, I mean, because of all this, Schneitzer was presented with a silver double inkwell by the governor of the state in a lavish ceremony to thank him for his services. Well, well, uh, Silver double inkwell. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, a single one would have been fine, but they, they went all out and got yeah. the double. Right. From 1935 until 1959, Arthur Lewis Glatke was the superintendent, initially a political opponent um, following Glatke's work on the Martin Davy campaign. By all accounts, Gladkey was respected by professionals and inmates alike. That's lucky. I yeah. mean, sometimes when you appoint, like it's a political appointment, like it's the, it could just be the person who donated the most money. Absolutely. It doesn't mean like you're picking somebody that's good for the job. Yeah, but he actually was. Yeah. yeah. One of the things that I really thought was cool is that he piped in music, um, like like radio into the cell blocks. Oh, wow. Now, one of the movies that I think you might mention coming up, that's oh, yeah. something that happens in that movie. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Helen um, Boyer Gladke died of pneumonia three days following an accident in November of 1950, where a handgun discharged when she was reaching into a jewelry box in the family's quarters. So it sounds like she sh- she shot herself. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, and then she got pneumonia. Yeah, accidentally shot yeah. herself. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Uh, Gladke, Gladke um, died following a heart attack suffered in his office on February 10th of 1959, so almost 10, 10 years after mm-hmm. his wife died. Over 200 people died at the OSR, mm-hmm. that's what the cool kids call it, uh, including two guards who were killed during the escape attempts. Wow, that seems like a lot of people. It was a lot of people, especially for it to be a reformatory. Right. Wasn't like people were getting the death penalty or yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, the reformatory remained in full operation until December of 1990, 
when it was closed via federal court order as the result of a prisoner's class action suit citing overcrowding and inhumane conditions. So the United States District Court for the Northern District of Ohio actually ordered the prison to be closed by the end of December of 1986. Wow. But this prison seems to go on its own timeline. (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) Um, So the closing date was moved to 1990 due to delays in constructing the, the, uh, the replacement facility, the Mansfield Correctional Institution. Uh, which stands to the west of the old prison. Mm. So most of the grounds and support buildings, including the outer wall, have been demolished since the closing. Okay. Uh, In 1995, the Mansfield Reformatory Preservation Society was formed, and they have turned the prison into a museum and conduct tours to help fund ground rehabilitation. This seems to be a theme. Yeah, um, <laughs> rehabilitation projects, and currently work to stabilize the buildings, uh, stabilize the building against further deterioration. Mm. So the east cell block remains the largest uh, freestanding steel cell block in the world at six tiers high. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, I know you showed me pictures of it. This looks like a like a prison you would see in like a movie or something like Definitely. that. Definitely. And obviously it's been in a lot of <laughs> movies. Uh, the Mansfield Reformatory Preservation Society is currently working to restore the facility to its original state. Restorations to date include the removal of debris, which, um, yeah, when you close down a prison, you'd be surprised how much debris is in There's it. There's so much. It takes a lot. Yeah. I mean, all we we keep going, we either keep like talking about or going to these abandoned prisons and it's amazing just how much is in it. Yeah. It just takes so much to bring it back. Absolutely. I guess. Absolutely. Uh, they've uh, replaced um, some of the roofing. Um, the, they had complete restoration of the warden's quarters, uh, as well as the complete restoration of the central guard room between the east and west cell blocks. So the restorations are being funded through donations and tour fees. Uh, the windows of the south side east uh, cell block have been replaced, and all of the original stained glass windows that were in the building are planned to be replaced. So they had a lot of stained stained glass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, throughout the Halloween season, so right now, uh, mm-hmm. the building hosts a haunted house throughout uh, through blood blood prison. It's called. Yeah. There's. It looks really creepy. I'm it, sure it is. It wins awards, all this stuff, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the OSR has been used in television and film, so here's what we're going to talk about that. All right. Uh, probably the most popular was Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. Um, it was Shawshank State Prison. The prison was used for a large panning scene and the warden's office. An officer's quarters were used to shoot a sequence set in a civilian apartment. Yeah, and that's um, where that guy in the story was. He was taking a picture of that. Um, but and then it's interesting too. Like I saw, like there's like a Shawshank like walk, like a pathway that they mm. like. They're capitalizing definitely, oh, definitely on having yeah. Shawshank yeah. <laughs> being filmed there. Uh, some of the other ones that, as I said, caught my attention. I don't know if it would catch everyone's attention. Okay, Tingo and Cash, 1989. Huh. The facility was used for various prison scenes uh, when the prison was still in operation. Oh wow. Uh, then you have Air Force One. You've seen that, right? I have. I have. Um, that would be um, Han Solo. Why am I blanking? Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford, yeah. I believe, is in that one. Yeah. Th- that was 1997. Uh, the prison was used for a scene of a Russian prison for General Ivan Reddick. Okay. And then 
one of my, I did not realize this, Godsmack <laughs> oh. did their Awake video there. Okay. Um, in 2000. And then uh, in 2004, Lil Wayne featured uh, this <laughs> prison in his video for the song Go DJ. Okay. Now, I'm, I'm sorry. He's a grown man. We need to stop calling him Lil Wayne. Maybe well, call him. It's not little. It's Lil. Lil Wayne. <laughs> But he's not little anymore. Well, he's a grown he's a grown adult. It's not, and maybe it isn't about age. Oh, maybe it's about height. Or okay, something. yeah, I don't know. Uh, and WWE shot a promotional poster featuring Triple H for their 2008 Judgment Day event in the facility. You know who Triple H is, right? Yes. <laughs> if I saw a picture, I probably would. I don't think. I you mean, would. I know he's a wrestler. Yeah. 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 so that's what i got i know you have something about a fire right i do i do because i want to just you know like you talked about how they ordered the prison to be closed because Mm -hmm. of like overcrowding and all of that and actually um i mean i'm sure this could get really complicated so we're not going there but um in 1930 a fire broke out not at the ohio state reformatory Mm -hmm. but at the ohio penitentiary oh okay so remember we said there's like that was the intermediate the ohio penitentiary was the like senior or whatever so that was where the big bad you know criminals Mm -hmm. went and it was a horrible fire and 322 inmates died in the fire wow um it would like some like burned alive but this is not the one that we're talking about right this was a different neighbor neighboring prison but what happened then was that a lot of the prisoners the hardened criminal prisoners were then sent Mm. to the reformatory because it was like they had to to live with a bunch of kids to live well (laughs) they're not kids but they were like hadn't their crimes weren't that bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's yeah. like so you're putting, you know, like murderers in with people that like stole a car or something. And um Well stealing a car is grand theft auto. Well, that's true. But if they were again, I do think they were probably younger, yeah. you know, people, whatever. And uh, there just all obviously also wasn't as much room. So sure. and my guess is they just once they started doing that. You know, I, and just in general, I'm guessing over the years, they just stopped offering the classes that they did, mm. they used to, and they just, there's some of the, some of the things we'll talk about with the the haunted stuff. There's just a lot of overcrowding. Sure. Yeah. Um, so obviously, Absolutely. whatever the ideal was for this place at the beginning. Yeah. Didn't last. Yeah. Well, so overcrowding is a bad thing. That's what we've noted. Yes, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> All right, but we're going to take a short break, and then when, when we return, we're going to get to the debate. Pat, what do creepy stories, funny ghost memes, and inside ghostly information have in common? Um, my life. <laughs> well, yes, but no, it's also Ghostly Society on Facebook. Oh, yeah, I mean, that too, of course. I, but aren't all ghostly listeners in Ghostly Society? Not yet. What? I mean, that means that they're missing out on all my jokes. Yeah, they are. And missing out on chatting and sharing with other listeners and us, of course. We love talking to our listeners. If you haven't yet, you should consider joining our private group on Facebook called Ghostly Society. Let's hope now they will. Unless they're a woman in white. Uh Uh-oh. 
All right, Rebecca, you have a debate for me? I, I do. All right. Let's get to the debate. All right. So, you know, when we did Haunted Castles. Yes. I thought these are pretty haunted. Yeah. But these prisons are like so much more. <laughs> There's a lot. Um, so you're saying that the haunted castles were not at all haunted. I mean, no, they were totally haunted, but oh. just the, man, the prisons. So there's just so many stories, and, and especially like this one, as always, there's just a lot. So I'm going to try to get to the best ones. All right. All right. So I want to start with one that just <laughs> creeped me out when I read about it. I was like, this is just crazy. Um, it's a, <laughs> It's called The Chair Room. Mm. It's a windowless room and it's just kind of random and it's like smaller. Okay. And it's, I think it's in, I don't know exactly where it's at. I, that I wasn't sure, but it's, there's a chair. It's just mm. a windowless room with a chair in the middle <laughs> and like facing outward, like towards, towards you, like someone's watching you, like towards the, mm -hmm. the door. Um, and some speculate that it was used for dark means, like whatever that is. Like no one really knows exactly what the purpose of the room is. It They just know it's a windowless room and it had a, has one chair in it. Interesting. <laughs> so basically this is where maybe like the one place where there's some pretty like more violent paranormal activity is okay. said to happen. So there's a, the legend is that there's some sort of dark entity that lives in the room and that for some reason it prefers the chair to be in the middle of the room. If you move the chair, expect for it to be moved back like, okay. soon after. Um, and then there's a story out there that a person sat in the chair and like purposely provoked the spirit, mm -hmm. like yelling at it, like, like do something, do something. And when they left, they had scratch marks all down their back. Mm. And I've definitely heard those stories. You know, whenever we tell people what we, what we do, <laughs> like I have a yeah. ghost podcast, you know, they're always going to tell you stories. Yeah. And I would say probably one of the most popular stories that I hear is people telling me about scratch marks mm. um and but we don't often hear it sometimes with these stories so i was interested in, in hearing that um and the one investigator that i was reading that especially he was also talking about this um he said like when he got there he was like nope can't go in like this is the one place in this whole prison i'm not going in it just he's like he felt for sure that whatever was in the room did not want him to go in all right so i'm gonna say that that investigator i mean you look in a room that just has a chair and um, and yeah, it's in the middle of the room and stuff like that. That's kind of creepy and, mm -hmm. and would definitely make me go, ooh, that's that's spooky. I mean, I, I would still do it. Though. You would, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You're going to find out in the next episode <laughs> <laughs> some what of the things exactly that I'm willing to do. That is willing to do, yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think that that is that says anything. and. So the only real thing that I feel here is that the chair being that it goes back to the middle of the room. Right. So but I don't know how that works. I need to see that in order to. Well, and I don't know that anyone sees it. My guess is you move it, you leave. And when you come back, it's moved back. Yeah, I, I would have to be around there in order to have some idea what's going on there. Mm. So because I can't necessarily see that and I don't know exactly what's going on i'm gonna to have to go a little bit higher than i typically would and i'm gonna give it a two wow but i guarantee if i was there mm -hmm. i would probably have an explanation for it do, what do you think about the scratches 
Oh, the scratches could be the chair. It could be anything. You're in a prison. I mean, mm. prisons are like, especially these closed ones are, are dirty. They're um, filled with a bunch of junk. And mm. it's easy, I, I would say, to have that happen. I don't know. I feel like, uh, well, all right. Well, for yeah. me, I'm going to give this one an eight. Okay. Because it just creeps me out, this room. <laughs> and then that it's actually more of a, a violent thing. Sure. Uh, okay. Next space. And it, again, I there's so many spaces, but I tried to pick sure. the most haunted ones. Um, the next is the basement in the administrative building. Mm-hmm. And it's said to be home to two specific entities. One is like a tragic one and one is a bad guy, a nefarious guy. Mm. So according to the stories, a 14-year-old boy... Was so maybe there were more children that were there. I, I with the intermediate thing, mm-hmm. fortunate boy was beaten to death in the basement. Mm. So his shadow is said to be seen flickering across the walls or out of the corner of your eyes, as if he's like escaping. Um, they say that you'll kind of know that it's him because he just has like a lighter energy. Um, but there's also this like darker well, presence let's, there let's oh, you start, start with, with the yeah. boy yeah what do you yeah, think so let's start with that so i i have find it hard this whole time with these shadow people in these prisons because of the lighting that they have in mm-hmm. there and because there's like usually not electricity going in mm-hmm. these particular areas they can't afford to have electricity on for the whole place mm-hmm. so that that's why i find it I, it could be a lot of different things it could be somebody else in the party it could be uh, somebody else that's on the other side or something like that. You just happen to see that. I it could be a lot of different things. So I, I, I don't believe in that. Okay. At all. All right. Uh, then there's this un uh, like more darker presence. Mm-hmm. Um, that's makes people feel very unnerved, unsettled. Um, supposedly they think it's maybe a guard. Mm. Um, and. Part of it is that he'll like hit or poke people with his nightstick and like push people. So that's, um, I mean, there's a lot of these poltergeisty kind of claims all over the yeah. prison, but this one I thought was a more specific like claim um, that people will feel that that poke. Well, the feeling of unnerving or unsettling it makes sense you're in a prison and by that time you know the dark history of this place that it's you know uh had all these people in it and all all these deaths in it so i'm just going to say that 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 goes with the territory also it is like a castle it's like a (laughs) castle prison so it's like double that um but the poking and stuff i would just say it's really dark in there it's really hard to say what's going on at all at any particular moment uh, I don't think it's anything. I don't think it's any. I could be someone in your party that you just don't realize poked you, and then you don't say anything. It could be a bunch of things, and I don't know how many people this has happened to, and how many people it hasn't happened to. You know what I'm saying? There's like scientific evidence here that's left out. Well, I feel. I mean, I don't think anyone's collecting data like that. I, I will say the prison, but they should. I mean, that's how you do this. This is how you prove that something like this is real or not. So. Well, yeah. yeah, I don't know how much money they have to do that, but I yeah. will say that the the tour guides will say that they pretty much almost never have a tour without something. All right, happening. but I'm still going to go zero on this I, one because because both the things seem like it, it could be explained by human means. Okay. To me, the poking seems a bit more extreme. Again, I think especially with a night, if it felt feels like a nightstick, like that's a bigger poke than just like a little thing. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, I am going to give this one a seven. Okay. 
All right. Next is the hole. Mm. Dun dun dun. Um, it's supposed to be a very um big hotspot for paranormal activity. Um, if you don't know, the hole is basically well. In this case, it's a a bunch of small cells, and I think it, actually, I guess it usually isn't a bigger um prison that are basically to put you in there alone. Yeah, some of them actually they would it was beneath ground and stuff. Where yeah. It's, they, it would actually be a hole. That's the reason why they started calling right. it that. And it's really awful. Like yeah. there's a lot of stuff if you read right now, like people being kept in there for way too long or whatever. Even, but, even yeah. hours is, is too much. Right. And they still were in there for days. Um, but they're not allowed to leave any, you know, their mm-hmm. cell and it's just, there's no natural light. They really don't have a lot of room to walk around. It's just, it's just yeah. really bad. Um, and it kind of makes you go insane. <laughs> mm. So, um, there's basically a story like, or there's a story, I guess, where, um, a guard put two prisoners within the same cell and only one emerged. Mm. So all in all, it said that a hundred prisoners were sent to the hole in the space intended only for twenty. So okay, yeah, it's a lot. Um, so basically, people that go into the whole area say they experience nausea, cold spots, um, like feel like something's breathing on them, and basically, like just get me out of here. They really dislike it. So that makes me think of like carbon monoxide. I wonder if they have carbon monoxide detectors in the prison cell because there's nobody that lives there. So I'm wondering if they do or don't. It could be carbon monoxide or some kind of other thing. It could be natural gas, too. Um, You know, now they're starting to have natural gas meters where you can get that for your house and it can measure how much natural gas you have in the air. Um, So that can cause these kind of things. So to me, that seems like a logical human explanation so i'm gonna have to go zero on this one <laughs> okay uh i know again to me like the the cold spots are super interesting nausea feeling someone's breathing in you um however not a lot of specific stories that i found with this area so sure. it's a little trickier so i'm gonna give it a six okay um all right Another area that's said to be really active is the West Wing attic. Mm. So lots of prisoners with violent backgrounds were kept there due to the overcrowding. I'm wondering if that's maybe around the time of the fire. Um, But it didn't have cells. So they were just like kept in this like dormitory style. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so lots of bad behavior, lots of really like fighting, you know, death, whatever. Um, and so it seems like that's kind of why it's um, considered one of the most active areas. Um, basically, like I just saw, I just read this and I was like, okay, they, I couldn't find the name of who this is. So some sort of, some well-known paranormal, actually, I guess I have an idea. There's a well-known paranormal mm-hmm. celebrity, um, not Zach Baggins. Um, oh, that's who I was going to go I for. Know, yeah. um, had an experience up there and basically was like, nope, not going back in. Just that's, walked That's a out. very Zach Baggins thing to do, though. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. No, I th- I think it might be Chip Coffee. I'm not sure on that okay. one, but it might be. But it, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't want to name. I, I shouldn't say a name because I really don't know what they didn't say. So yeah, I, and I don't know what the experience is. So they just wouldn't want to go back in. I mean, I don't know. They it's like just... it to hear. They hear things. They see. You know, sense things. Whatever. So. Yeah, but that's something. them. I mean, that's like 
Like that that's not proof. I mean that's just <laughs> it is to me. <laughs> okay, but it is not to me. I mean but think about it. If this was a science experiment, would that be would that be good good proof for you? Well, I mean, when it comes to the paranormal, you kind of have to open yourself up a little bit. We don't know what we're testing, so we can, it's hard to know how to conduct it because we're it's we it's things we don't know. I no, that's not. I mean, we 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 do have the scientific method, and this does not go go well with the scientific <laughs> method. So you can't just say one one person thinks this, and then that well, means it's, it's not fact. the only person. But I it's think the it's most, not. So it's... I'm going to say no. <laughs> I'm going to go zero on this one. All Zach right. Baggins can you know <laughs> go take a nap. Um. Well. I don't know. To me, if the, you know, if it is who I think it is, then I tend to believe what he he feels. Um, so I'm gonna give this one. I'm gonna give it a six because there's not a lot of detail, but all right, definitely there. Now I I I forgot to put this on there, but I did send you pictures. You did, yeah, yeah. And so we should probably talk about yeah the pictures. So what are the pictures from though? So the pictures are from someone who was doing um, an investigation. And or sorry, I think they were. I don't know if they were investigating or they were just visiting it. Whatever. It sounded like an investigation. Yeah, I think so. And they were taking pictures um, and shared those. Um, And I think they were um, they were pretty interesting. Like they um, there's like there's a picture before where there's nothing, and then there's the next picture where if you zoom in, you see this like figure that's coming through a doorway. Yeah. And then the next picture, there's nothing. I will say that it is a, it's, yeah, I could definitely see a figure there. Um, but it, here's the thing. It's like you, um, you're going to go to, it's paranormal. It's a ghost. My thing was, wow, that's cool that that looks like a person. Mm-hmm. So that's why I don't, I, I just don't believe, I just don't go about it the same way that you do and, you know, the paranormal investigators do. I just think it's obviously something that looks like something. So I wonder what it actually was. I, I can't tell by the picture. Um, but then again, I probably wouldn't be able to tell much stuff in a prison anyways. I don't know what's in there. Yeah. And then the second pictures um, that you said, because there was like four. Yeah, I was really looking at like the last three there or whatever. Yeah, but, but there's yeah. one where they have like a... Like they put a blue, you know, mm-hmm. line where you're supposed to see it. I don't see anything where they have a blue line. There's two blue lines, and the one yeah. she said is just to help you orient yourself to like know that you're looking at the same place where there's like from the previous picture. No, there's something. but there's two different like there's there's two different parts where they they claim that there is some paranormal activity, mm-hmm. and they both have the blue lines in it. The one I can't see anything that it, it's like the ceiling or something that they took a picture of, and I, I I can't see what that is. Yeah, I only saw stuff with the one. Yeah, so the one just looks like a figure. It, it I mean, it does. It does look like a figure, but that doesn't mean it's paranormal. It just means that it looks like a figure. I belong to a Facebook group called Things That Look Like Faces, and they post pictures all the time. Of things that look like faces in you know inside things, we just are programmed to see that, <laughs> and we are programmed to see the human form, and that's what it looks like. It looks like a like a little girl or a little boy. I don't know. It looks super creepy. Yeah, that's all I that's all I know. To me, it looks it looks like a figure. It looks super 
super creepy and I think it's something. Okay. Well, I'm going to give that one a zero too. All right. I am going to give that one um, a seven. All right. So what would be your overall rating then? So my overall rating is a seven. All right. It's pretty haunted. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I feel like I should give it an eight, but I... uh, but I'm go- I'm going seven based on my scores that I gave. So I'm going to give a one because I gave a two there because yeah. just because I don't have anything to really go off of just just hearing about it creepy. But just hearing about it doesn't mean that it you know like I I can't explain <laughs> it necessarily. So that brings us to the closing arguments. This is our last chance to convince you to vote our way. We are each given one minute of uninterrupted time. We will time each other on our cell phones to keep each other honest. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rebecca, are you ready? I am ready. And away we go. All right. So we had a lot of, you know, just bad things that happened at this prison um, with the fire. or I mean, there wasn't a fire there, but people being sent there, um, it kind of just going into chaos and having to be closed. Um, you know, there's the woman who accidentally shot herself that happened at the prison. You talked about that in the history. So a lot of bad things. And it just makes sense again, that this would be a place that would have so much bad energy. And it doesn't, it, it doesn't surprise me that there would be a lot of this like poltergeisty activity, people being poked, um, hearing things, you know, smelling things, whatever it is. So, um, I, you know, and just people feeling creeped out by it and then even capturing stuff on, on photo. So, uh, yeah, I think it's haunted. All right. You still had five seconds to go. There you go. All Once right. in a while. You All finish right. <laughs> Are you ready? Yes, I am ready. All right. And go. I think with Ghostly, we, we run into a problem. See, I think that half of us think when you can't explain something that that means it's paranormal. It doesn't mean it's paranormal. It just means that we can't explain it. I can't explain why the Bears keep losing, but they do. They do keep losing. They shouldn't, but they do. And that doesn't mean it's paranormal. It just means that it's bad, bad morale or something like that for that part. So there's a lot of things in this world we can't explain. We need to stop jumping to the conclusion that they're paranormal until we have evidence proving that they are paranormal. So I'm going to say this is not haunted at all. Okay. All right. I'm gonna, I'll I'll let I'll let the bears thing slide. I don't know if that's quite <laughs> the connection, but that's all right. <laughs> but it's but it's unexplainable, right? <laughs> I think it's pretty explainable. It's a Chicago sports team. Okay, but oftentimes there's things that you cannot explain and that doesn't mean it's paranormal. So I want to thank everyone so much for listening. Please share us with your friends and family as word of mouth is our best form of ad- advertisement, especially during the spooky month. Sharing an episode with somebody now means that you might have given us a lifelong fan. Yeah, and we we really appreciate it. You know, ghostly Absolutely. is something we put a lot into, um, and we're we've got some some great plans coming up. Uh, and the more listeners we have, the better it's going to be. Yeah, and speaking of listeners, we do have our VIP producers um, that are part of Patreon, and they are. Alicia, Becky, Kim, Ta, Ernie, Cindy, Kevin, Nicole, Jessica, Alice, Aaron, Hope, and Candy. And on the next episode of Ghostly, so now we're finally going to let the cat out of the bag here. Although you you did post something. With yeah, they, the, yeah, they know the name, but here we so go. So we're going to be talking about Crown Point Prison in Indiana. 
And me and Rebecca did an investigation there. We did. With Neil and Steve of Graveside Paranormal and Paranormal Guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to be talking with them because when we went there, um, Rebecca had a couple of things that happened. I'm not mm-hmm. going to get into that, but it didn't seem that bad, you know? Yeah. But now, I guess, Neil found evidence that we weren't aware of. Yeah. There was recordings that happened and some of them might have said Rebecca's name. <laughs> oh, okay. We're going there. If yeah. you're listening this far, you've got you got the well, I'm, the big the big uh, We we have really, not heard this. No, yet, we though. haven't actually heard any of Neil, this yet. Neil There's refuses more, to play f- Neil refuses to play it for us yeah. until we are live. Yes. So, so, yeah, so we're going to see. I mean, it's uh it's very it's, it's going to be it's going to be uh recorded live. Yes. You'll get our reactions to this evidence live. Yeah, and then we're going to we're going to add to the episode with our usual yeah, you know, we'll beginning put our and stuff, stuff in it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um I'm really looking forward to it. Um until next time, stay ghostly. Bye.